Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, December 31st, 2017, on the basis of Luke 2, verses 22 through 40. So are you excited about the start of a new year? I think people generally are. As one year comes to a close and we reflect a little bit on the past, of course, one of the things that naturally comes to mind are those goals that we didn't achieve, those opportunities we let pass, that behavior we regret, those words we wish we could take back, those decisions we wish we could undo. But of course, a a brand new year sort of changes all of that. A new year gives us a clean slate and a fresh start and another chance to go out and get it right this time. And so I think in general, people sort of look forward to a new year with a renewed sense of optimism and hope. But should we really? I don't want to pour cold water over any optimism that you might be feeling toward 2018, nor do I want to talk you out of your New Year's resolutions before you've even had a chance to start them. But there is one thing that I know for sure, and I know it because the Bible teaches it, and I know it because experience backs it up. I know that what you and I need is something far more than a fresh start, a clean slate, and a second chance. In fact, if you're looking for just one little example of evidence, just consider how excited people were one year ago to see 2017 finally start because they were just convinced that it couldn't possibly get any worse than 2016 and how many of those same people 365 days later are feeling exactly the same way. Maybe, maybe you're one of them. No, the reality is that whether it's 2017, 2018, or 2053, it doesn't matter how many chances we get. There is never going to be a year where we get it right. In fact, you could make a more convincing case that as each year comes and goes, we aren't even getting it much better. And so thankfully, as we wrap this year up and look forward to a new one, we have in front of us a section of God's Word that reminds us very clearly that our God is not in the business of giving us fresh starts, clean slates, and second chances. As we close out the books on one year and begin another, it is not as if God is going to give us sort of this magic cosmic reset button that we can just push before we get back out there and take another crack at it. No, God's grace is so much more profound. And the salvation that God provided for us at Christmas is so much more complete with the result that none of those things, no more fresh starts, no more clean slates, no more second chances are ever needed again. As we look at these verses today, we are going to see that there is a very big difference between simply restarting with the hope that this time we are going to get it right. There's a difference between that and departing in peace departing knowing that everything is already right between us and our God. The verses in front of us today pick up the Christmas story not long after we left it off just a week ago on Christmas Eve. It had been 40 days since Mary had given birth to Jesus, placed him in that manger while the angels sang and the shepherds visited. 40 days had passed which meant that Mary and Joseph needed to make a trip to the temple to offer God a sacrifice. 
They needed to offer a sacrifice because when a woman gave birth to a child, she was ceremonially unclean for a period of 40 days. It was a reminder to God's people that childbearing, as they knew it, as we know it, is not how God intended it to be. The reason it was a challenge is a challenge. The reason it is painful. The reason we call it labor. The reason why after a woman goes through it, she needs a period of rest and recovery is all because of sin. And sin requires payment. So a sacrifice needed to be offered to God. And Mary and Joseph needed to go to the temple because that was the one place where God could be found. The temple was where heaven and earth intersected. The temple was that place where God filled the room with this dark cloud signifying his presence. The temple was the one place where God could be found and God could be worshipped. Okay, so sin requires payment. The good news is they, they knew what they needed to do and they knew where they needed to do it. But the thing is, this wasn't just the one area of life where God required sacrifices to be made. With his Old Testament people, really in every single facet of their lives, God required payment for the sins that they committed. And so the sacrifices that were going on at the temple went on nearly round the clock. From dawn until dusk, each and every day, there were priests at the temple offering sacrifices for various sins of the people. It just never stopped. It never came to an end. And through that system, God was teaching his people a very important lesson. He was teaching them that none of this was actually doing anything. None of this was actually solving the problem. No matter how many sacrifices were made, no matter how many times the slate was wiped clean, there was always the next sin, and so there always needed to be the next sacrifice. That maybe clues us in just a little bit on the mindset of the two other people that we hear were at the temple that day, one named Simeon and one named Anna. We're told that both of them were very old. For both of them, their time on earth was coming to an end. And Luke tells us that as they were at the temple, both of them were waiting. Waiting for what? Well, not waiting for the next sacrifice to be offered. Both of them had lived long enough to know that fresh starts and clean slates and second chances really didn't make a difference. Both of them were at the point where they knew that their time for second chances and fresh starts was running out. And so both of them were there waiting for something else, waiting for something so much more. As we think about the start of a brand new year, what is it that you are waiting for? What is it that you are hoping for? What is it that you are expecting? As I mentioned so often, it's, it's so easy to think that the new start provided by a brand new year is really all we need. This time we're really going to get it right. And yet the more new years that come and go, the more we slowly learn the lesson that Simeon and Anna had learned. I remember when I was a parent for the very first time, and, and you read this brain research that suggests that the first two years of a child's life are so very important because the neurological connections that are formed during those years 
have a large part in determining a child's temperament and disposition and emotional balance. And so, of course, when I became a parent for the very first time, those first two years were going to be absolutely perfect, right? Everyone is going to be calm and cool and collected 100% of the time. And then those two years come and go. And they come and go again with the second one, and they, they come, and go, come and go again with the third one. And eventually, you're left with nothing more to do than, than simply pray that at some point there's new brain research that disproves the old brain research, right? So much for that. Well, then maybe we, we take a little bit of a wider look, and we think of the entire time that we get to spend with our children, those 18 or so years when they are under our roof living in our house, and we are going to make the most of those years. We are going to cherish those years. We are going to capitalize on those years, and then those years they come and go too. And so often we end up wishing that we could relive and redo much of them. A new year starts and maybe we tell ourselves, this is the year we're going to go back to school and get a degree. This is the year we're going to start saving for retirement. This is the year we're going to tackle that home remodeling project. But, but come to think of it, we told ourselves the very same things last year and the year before and the year before that. So much for that. Maybe this is the year we're finally going to get healthy. And we tell ourselves that we're going to drop that weight. We're going to lose those pounds before the upcoming family wedding or at the very least before summer, or at the very least before our class reunion in the fall. But then years and years and years go by, and pretty soon our health concerns have absolutely nothing to do with how we look anymore, but we're really just working hard to make sure that the blood pressure stays down and the bones don't become too brittle. So much for that. And then, of course, eventually we get to the point where Simeon and Anna were realizing that our time for second chances and fresh starts and clean slates is finally going to run out. Realizing that as we look back on all of those years, there wasn't a single one where we got it right. And hopefully it is long before then that we learned the very important lesson that Simeon and Anna learned. That what we need from our God is something else something much more. Thankfully, that's exactly what Simeon and Anna got that day in the temple. They got something more, or I suppose I should say someone more. That was the day where the two of them met, 40-day-old baby Jesus. That was the day when both of them saw with their eyes and touched with their hands the Savior God had provided. And as Simeon alluded to in his words toward Mary, This was a Savior who came not simply to give us a fresh start, a clean slate, and a second chance. No, he came to make sure that none of those things would ever be necessary again. He came to be the sacrifice that would end all sacrifices. He came to be the one who could offer the full and final payment for all of sin's debt. He came not to make sure that that we would have the opportunity to go out and get it right, but he came to make things right with God once and for all. And that's why Simeon could sing that beautiful song that he sang. He said, I now can depart in peace. Here is a man with an entire past of sin behind him, with no more second chances in front of him, and yet he can say, I can depart in peace. Because he had seen, he had touched the Savior that God had sent.
Friends, believe it or not, as we sit here today, we have the opportunity to do the very same thing. See, something truly significant and, and history-altering happened in the temple that day. It wasn't simply that they saw this Savior who would bring an end to the sacrificial system that God's people had lived under. This also signaled a very important shift, a very important change in the entire concept of what people thought of when they thought of God's temple, God's dwelling place among his people. As you heard in today's first reading, up until this point, God dwelt among his people in just one place, in a house made of wood and stone. When Jesus showed up, God still dwelt among his people in one place, only now it was in a house made of flesh and blood. As we sit here today, God still dwells among us in and through his son, Jesus Christ. But now that Jesus is up in heaven, Jesus can be wherever he wants to be. And where Jesus wants to be, where Jesus promises to be, is right here. And it's not because there's anything special about the four walls that surround us. It's not because there's anything unique about this building. In fact, it's, it's kind of easy for us to remember that at this point because there really is nothing special about the building in which we are sitting. But Jesus promises to be here not because of the building, but because of what goes on in the building. He promises to be with us in his word and in his sacraments. You heard how Paul said that the very same peace that Simeon had in his heart, that very same peace can rule in our hearts. That peace rules in our hearts through God's word. Jesus himself is present when his word is heard, when a person is baptized, when we feast at the meal that Jesus himself has provided. You know, even when it comes to showing up at church week in and week out, it's easy for us to think in terms of fresh starts, clean slates, second chances. We come in here on a Sunday morning, and of course we, we sometimes feel as though we're carrying this huge burden of our sin. But of course that's okay because this is the place where we get forgiven of those sins. And then once those sins are forgiven, we get the information and the inspiration that we need to head back out there into the world. And this time we're really going to get it right. Monday through Friday is our second chance, and this time we will do better. Friends, there is so much more that goes on in this place. Through his word and sacraments, this is the place where heaven and earth intersect. This is the place where God still promises to come down and make his presence known to give us true and lasting peace. We head into a new year, not, not just hoping to restart things so that we can get it right, but, but we finish up this year being able to depart in peace, knowing that everything is already right, knowing that there are no more obligations that need to be fulfilled or expectations that need to be met. Now, you might think to yourself, someone who goes out into the world with no obligations and no expectations isn't going to do a whole lot, right? They aren't going to be very driven or very motivated. If someone were to tell you that heading into 2018, they have absolutely zero New Year's resolutions, you might think that that person has set a pretty low bar for themselves. Well, when it comes to our relationship with God, nothing could be further from the truth. If the peace of God is truly ruling in your heart, then you head out into the world as a force to be reckoned with. 
rather than being enslaved to what other people think about you, you are, you are set free to just live and serve and love the people that God has placed in your life as he wants you to without any regard of what anyone else might think. Rather than being defined by your successes or your failures, you are set free to face both of them with just a complete calm and confidence, knowing that your true identity as a child of God is secure. Rather than being consumed by materialism and greed, seeking to pile up as many toys and have as much fun as you can before it's too late, you are set free to be content, to be generous, knowing that your true riches are not the ones that you pile up before the casket door closes, but the ones that are waiting for you when the casket door opens back up. Rather than facing trials and hardships with anger in your heart or fear about the future, you are set free to do so with complete patience and complete perseverance, knowing that God will use each and every one of them for your good. Friends, nothing can rival the peace of God and that peace truly ruling in your heart. Nothing can rival the impact that that has on you and the impact that you will have on others. And so we wrap up one year and begin the next, not just hoping to restart so that we can go out there and get it right, but knowing that we can depart in peace, knowing that everything is already right. And if you ever have a hard time believing that, then you're in the right place because this is where you can see and hear and even touch it and taste it for yourself. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.